Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, it is Monday. And what do we do on Monday? Well, when we're here. We do Monday musings, and John Perillo is with us. How are you, John? I'm good. Did your teams win? I, I, you know what? I don't get excited about. I, I, I enjoy the football. Yeah. And I was nominally up for. Uh, well, I'm against the Kansas City Chiefs because of this Taylor Swift silliness. <laughs> it just is really irritating. Okay. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm as a as a Rochester guy in college. I played in Buffalo. Uh, you know all that. I, I, I was leaning towards Buffalo for yeah. sure. So there was two reasons to uh, be a little disappointed with that. But you can't dislike Patrick Mahomes. He's just such a competitor. And two great games, too. I mean, because uh, for, for those long-suffering Lions fans. Oh, know, yeah, you, the Lions, gotta, I was very happy about them. them. I was very happy about them. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? They get forgotten even when I, I – I think I might have forgotten them at the open of the program uh, to mention that they had won. But, yeah, the Lions, I, uh, and I love their coach. Yes. Oh my God. Well, we lived in Detroit for years and well, outside of Detroit for years. And, you know, my, my son just got to experience the first time in his life, the lions making it to a championship <laughs> game. So that, that, you know, that tells you something. Yeah. Um, well, John Pro, yeah. where did you live in Detroit? What, what outside? Well, of we Detroit? lived north of the, we lived up uh, north of that um, in, you know, probably in the suburbs uh, uh, called Bloomfield. Okay, and yeah. it was, you know, at the at the time I was working for Penske Corporation, and uh, they did a lot of work with the automotive uh, companies, and so I spent a lot of time in Detroit and and in, in all over the world working with automotive companies, and so it was a and, and Roger Penske's headquarters was there, so you get to see the man himself and his everything yeah. that he did, which is an incredible business himself. So, well, you know, the uh, thing anyway, I was amazed at, I was in Detroit, okay, years ago. Yes. And we just rented a car, this Chris DiMatteo and I, and we just drove around. I wanted to check it, check it out. When you yes. talk about, I've never seen a downtown where there yeah. were areas with nothing. Yes. Like nothing. Yeah. That never recovered from the burning down and the, yeah, riots, the riots. And, right. and, and then you it's drive outside the city <laughs> on that one main drag. And right. you go through Gross Point and all, the, and I, I just massive wealth, just massive yes. uh, um, industrial wealth, just outside of that city. It's it it, it really is something. 
Yeah, it, it, this is a, that's an entire topic of its own. You yeah, know, because everybody who could leave Detroit did. Yeah, uh, and then you know some of the industrialists in that area, um, the guy who owns Quicken and you know Roger and some of the other you know companies have really tried to to rebuild Detroit itself. And you know they elected a for a while they had a pretty decent mayor. I mean, one who was Law and Order. I, Dave I, Bing I lost track of what's going on. Remember, yeah, Dave he, Bing was he, the mayor. He was, pushing, he was decent. Yeah, absolutely. And they were, they were, you know, so it's, it's hard for me, you know, I have to root for Detroit. I mean, it's just, you know, I just, I, I have a warm spot in my heart for them. And, uh, and, and when we went there, you know, the Lions were just, they were the laughing stock. And, you sure. know, that Ford Field is a beautiful place and nobody would go watch them and for, for, for good reason. And more power to them. And I'm right. The coach, you're right. The coach is phenomenal. The team is, you know, it's all about culture and attitude. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the team and their fans. Um, well, I don't mind uh, digressing today, uh, just, uh, because yeah, that's no, no, interesting, no, no, especially, especially since you have per- such deep personal experience with that city. Right. We're going to take a break but uh, because we, we've used all our time, but we're going to come back. <laughs> and, and the thing you wanted to talk about was these Taiwanese elections. You want to talk about election interference. The red Chinese are all over this situation. And they're trying to get a team elected in Taiwan that favors reunification. I'm simplifying it, but John uh, uh, Perillo will amplify it on Monday Musings when we come back. But John Perillo's with us, and John, we've got a fairly critical election in Taiwan, and you've been analyzing it and and thinking about it. Uh, tell us uh, what you've seen and what you've concluded. Right. I think it's worth looking at because the Taiwanese elections affect what happens across the strait, obviously, between them and China. And it affects us because of that. And the pro-democracy party won. And yet China has been pretty quiet. So that's why I wanted to look at what's going on. So on January 13, these elections for the Taiwanese presidency was won by the Taiwanese Democratic Progressive Party or the DPP candidate. His name is William Lee. And he was considered more pro-democracy than some of the other uh, candidates. But I think that the results actually show some weakness for his party, even though he won. And that's why we haven't heard any loud objections from China about the vote. Um, Lee's party has been in power for about eight years. And, you know, China doesn't like the DPP because they think they're separatists. Although I'd say they say that about pretty much everybody who doesn't say they want to uh, join with them. And in reality, the DPP has been quite cautious not to upset the Chinese. And the fact that they won a third term, though, is pretty unprecedented in Taiwan. Normally, the, the parties kind of take turns like the U.S. Dems and Republicans do, right? They trade the, Republic, the presidency back and forth. So it's pretty unusual for this third win in a row. But that said, if you look at the numbers carefully, there's some weakness again for the DPP. And he won with something like 40 percent of the vote, whereas his predecessor in the DPP was winning with something closer to 60 percent of the vote. So for the Chinese, this is really not a bad outcome since a significant number of people, and, and, you know, essentially more than half, were less pro-DBPP than they had been in the past. John Pro, do now, they have you know, a parliamentary style or do they have a presidency? How, are, how is their uh, government uh, organized? Parliamentary with a president. And so that, the great point, because the DPP also lost in their legislature as well. Right. So. And, and again, it's it's a little. It, we may I may be reading too much into this, so I don't want to I don't want to say this is a referendum, you know, uh, for China or against China. 
because like I said, the DPP has been in party for something like eight years. And so outside of the China issue, they were seen as a party of change. And after that, the, their time in power, we could read the results as showing some disappointment from the rest of the population that the change that they wanted didn't really happen. You know, Taiwan is a major economic power in that area. They built a very strong and successful uh, economy, but they're experiencing inflation and wage stagnation as well. And for the young people, they haven't seen the kind of growth that their parents saw in the past. So that might be the main reason. Um, but there's also this growth in third party, which the country hasn't seen in the past. And that's certainly a sign of some disappointment. And so Mr. Lee acknowledged this in his acceptance speech. that His party didn't have the big majorities. The down pallet KPP didn't do well either. And so he's talking about how they're going to have to work with the Taiwanese Progressive Party to help. Um, and again, for us, on the, as Bob alluded to, on the legislative side, um, the legislature has an absolute veto on the military budget. So there's going to have to be some gamesmanship on what will happen with their defense spending. And we don't know what that looks like yet, but I'd view it as, as caution to the U.S. You know, they, they aren't all in on fighting China. That's kind of how I would read this. And again, I might be reading too much into well, it. But John Perillo, didn't, I mean, a lot of uh, China's threats, a lot of their posturing, a lot of what they did uh, in 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 surrounding Taiwan and letting them know that how vulnerable they were, I took it to be a signal. Hey, you better vote with somebody who likes us better if you want peace. And I think it worked with a, a, some percentage or subset of the population. I, I think you're right that I, I can't imagine that a certain percentage of the population isn't voting for the absence of war, which is not the same thing as saying they're pro-China. Yeah, correct. Right? So I, I would I would tend to I tend to agree with you, Bob, there on that. But, the you know, overall, the Taiwanese have been pretty vocal about independence. So. You know, what, what you saw from China, though, is a pretty mild statement that where they played down the results of the election. But it was mild. Right. And then and then they followed it. The Chinese followed it by saying something like, hey, no problem. We'll get what we want eventually in the terms of unification, which is yeah. you know, very Chinese. Right. And and now it, 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 it that doesn't mean that neither side talks to each other. Right. So, um, you know, they're, 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 they have these unofficial things called functional offices on both sides that where let's say you have a trade issue or a ship that's passing and you want to pass along information. You send that through their functional office. And what's happened in the past is that the Chinese would pretty much not respond to things that the Chinese would send. But then they'd, then there'd be a physical response, like the port would be open or something of that sort. So you know, both sides are still listening to each other. Um, so the, the, I, would, I would actually call this a reduction in tension um, and, and something that perhaps we could argue that Lee didn't actually intend. This could be internal to him. But I do think that Z on the Chinese side – is not looking for this uh, a fight right now, and you know there were there were some there was some some preset responses from China. So, like for instance, the island of Nauru, which is a tiny island in the Pacific and it's a country, announced that it would end diplomatic relations with Taiwan based on the results of the election. Well, they announced it like I don't know ten minutes after the election was we you know, the the numbers were tallied. So it was likely that 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 was a pre-planned response that, that the. Uh, PRC kind of pushed on this tiny island nation. 
Um, and it's, it's kind of like when the uh, People's Republic of China resumed relations with Gambia after they ended relations with Taiwan, right? So China plays these these uh, diplomatic games all the time. Um, and while, the, again, the Chinese don't like Lee, they've called him a troublemaker and the like, you, you kind of got to look at those responses in Nauru as, as kind of really small responses to something that they weren't happy. If they really weren't happy, there would have been a much stronger response from China. So John Perillo is still holding steady, but, and maybe losing a little bit of the independence gang in Taiwan, losing a little bit of ground, but that could also be explained by a stagnating economy. It it could as well. So, so the next obviously thing for us, Bob is what does the U S do? So I, you know, we, We've had congressional visits in the past. I expect they'll, they'll continue. Um, and I think we need to be you know, really careful what gets said. Uh, and then you had the, the Biden administration kind of trying to square the circle on, you know, that, that they don't support independence. But they kind of, you know, they, they, they Joe Biden kind of muffed his 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 speech line on uh, strategic ambiguity. And well, then what a surprise. That up. But, but yeah, I, I, it just it just is what it is. Just, but for your listeners, just I think keep an eye on what's going on there. I think you know, look at it. I would look at it as Z pulling back a little bit in the short term. You know, we've talked about China's decline in the past, and I'm no doctor, but if you look at Z physically on TV, he looks ill. I mean, he looks like he's got super high blood pressure. He's bloated. I mean, whatever they've got him on, he just doesn't look well. That would be a blessing. And, and I think. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a little bit like you know, I, I, I would say that about Putin as well. But you know, you know, those yeah, well, Putin's demise has been predicted. Yeah, his his demise has been predicted over and over again, and it just won't come. Exactly, (laughs) John Perillo. Thank you very much. We appreciate the Monday musings, and and I like the fact that you are not overlooking Taiwan because that's a situation that could break out at any moment. It just is. And again, you and your listeners, thank you for the time. I really do appreciate it. And I hope you guys get a warming trend because, you know, we actually have a couple of warm days here after below zero temperatures. And it feels, it's like 20 degrees, feels like summertime. So I hope you guys warm up. (laughs) All right. John Perillo, Monday Musings. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.